Bill's Pod Squad is presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery is giving away $50 worth of the new limited edition New York Series scratch-off tickets with a chance to win up to $1 million to one of our lucky listeners each week. Visit buffalobills.com slash nylottery or click on the link in the podcast description to enter now. In this week's episode of Bill's Pod Squad, we catch up with quarterback Josh Allen where he shares some of his favorite movie quotes, gets into how Stefan Diggs has added to his swag, and how he got his leadership qualities. Kim also shares a story of what her and Terry thought about Josh the first night they all met. All that and more on this week's episode. Bill's Pod Squad starts right now. Welcome in the Bills Pod Squad, presented by the New York Lottery, Maddie Glab, and Bills owner and president, Kim Pagula. Here is your host. It's a podcast that takes you into the people part of our players because they're truly more than an athlete. On this week's episode, we have QB1 Josh Allen with us. He had such an electric third season so far. So many games to look back on this season and think, oh my gosh, this guy is for real. He's been improving across the board in so many different ways, ranking in the top 10 in so many different stats, right up against some quarterbacks who've been in the league for so long. So we're excited for you guys to hear that interview. Kim, the Bills, they're 10 and 3 for the first time since 1991. I can't tell you how many times I've already said that this week. It's the best time to be in Buffalo. It's the best time to be a part of Bills Mafia. Unfortunately, we still can't have our fans in the stands, but we know they've been supporting us from home. The Bills beat the Steelers in a game where the second half was crucial against a really great team. So I've got to get your take. What was that sweet like? How does it feel to be oh. 10 and 3? Well, I would say it is well, it was a little bit of a roller coaster ride. So you right. know, as, as it is a night game, and so you kind of have all day to kind of really just get your stomach churning. As as many know, I, I get very anxious before a game. Um, what did so you do all day? Um, I baked, I did some, you know, Christmas decorating. It's just, it's one of those, like you said, those night games, you just, you're waiting anxiously so, uh, so long until it actually comes. So, um, but I, I will tell you that, you know, this was one of those games where I honestly didn't know what to think because of the record the Steelers had, of course, the veteran, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, been in the situation, um, but they showed they could be, you know, they're fallible. So with their game, their loss to the Washington uh, football team, you know, the previous week. So I had no idea what to think, you know, and then, you know, we start off at the game and wasn't quite our, our best game, but, you know, they weren't playing great either. And so you're like, oh, you know, thankfully we're not, you know, still, you know, scoreless, you know, after the first period. So it, it was a roller coaster ride. And then we just, that, I would tell you that, that interception, that, that pick six, you know, the, I know coaches talk about momentum, but you could clearly see it. When, when that pick six happened and we got on the board, you could just see kind of things just started clicking for us. They found their connection. Um, and of course, you know, having one of our, our better third, um, quarters was was awesome to see so a lot of justice being made um so it, it was exciting it really was a little roller coaster yeah. but exciting the first half compared to the second half man such a different story and I think in a game like that like the fans would have helped so much in that first half because in times where you're looking for a little bit of juice we saw the defense have it created on their own but Bill's Mafia would have gave them a lot of juice in the first half of that game. But since we have Josh Allen on today, I wanted to know just, you shared on this podcast about the crazy travel story that Josh had to be able to get to Laramie, Wyoming, to meet you guys 
for dinner pre-draft and Josh will tell his side of the story. But just from an owner's perspective, what were some of your first thoughts about Josh Allen when you guys met him for the first couple of times? You know what? I, I will say, to be honest, I think when we first drafted Josh, I, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, my goodness. Like, he's such a young, you know, baby-faced kid. And I'm like, we are, <laughs> we are putting the whole organizational future on this kid's shoulder. I mean, I, that's what I really thought. Like, the, the fact that you're picking this, we moved up to pick him as a quarterback, a lot of hype around it for a, an organization that hasn't had a consistent uh, top quarterback in a long time. And here's this kid from Laramie, Wyoming, a California kid, and you are expecting so much out of this kid, right? And the whole organization, the future, and I was just like, wow, the, the stress and the pressure of this poor kid, I'm sure when he was drafted, it was you know one of the highlights of his life being drafted in the NFL, but then to realize behind the scenes what that really meant, uh, means for him, um, it's, it, it's mind-blowing sometimes, just how much we depend on that quarterback um, and it being Josh. But I will tell you that the test that he, we put him through, whether it's on the field or in our community, um, he's, he's passed all of them. He really has. And the development, and I think that's the one thing I remember that Sean and Brandon really, um, as they talked about it, that it's not, you know, sure, there have been kind of these quarterbacks that come out in their first year and, you know, do great, but really wanting to focus on the development of our quarterback and the development of Josh Allen. And I think that's where we're really seeing that sustainable success that um, he didn't just come out right away and just blow everybody away. There hasn't been, you know, certainly it's been, you know, um, up and downs, but not like super highs and super lows. Um, and it's been a just a, a progression of growth uh, that we're seeing. Um, and so lucky to have him as, as part of our organization. And I know a lot of people think back to that draft and they, they think about the other quarterbacks in the draft. And Josh Allen, according to national media and analysts, he wasn't the favorite for a lot of people. But one thing that I heard you and Brandon and Sean McDermott say once I got to Buffalo was that this guy, he, may, he might not have been the favorite. We really liked what he put on tape. We really liked what we got to know about him for meeting him. And he, in our eyes, is the player that has the biggest upside. He has the biggest ceiling. And to see what he has been able to do in his third season, we're completely seeing this play out in the upside part, the ceiling part. And, and we're seeing how big the ceiling can be and how much more he can reach, um, but how much he already has reached in his third season with some of these records that he's already broken that have taken a long time to break. And here he is at the ripe age of in, in his 20s, three years into the league, breaking these records. And it's like, dang, yeah. this and, guy's and, really good. Yeah, And I know he talks about um, just being who he is as a person and, and keeping grounded. And I know how important his family is to him. Um, and, and just coming from a small community like Laramie and coming into Buffalo and just being able to connect. I will tell you, you know, we did have a couple of doubts where like, okay, he's a California kid. How is he going to deal, you know, coming to Buffalo and not being on the East Coast and things like that? Of course, you know, all those fears, once you sit down and talk to him, all those fears uh, went away. But one story I remember that I, I just, I think reminds us that, like I said, Josh is just 
he is who he is, is we we're on the team plane and it was, you know, it was his rookie year. I don't remember um, if he had actually started the games yet or not, but I was sitting next to at the, at that time, uh, we had a different uh, quarterbacks coach. Um, and I remember he, you know, Josh comes up and he's like all frantic and he's got like these big bags of Popeye's fried chicken and, and he's, he's being to his quarterback coach, uh, David Culley at the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but there he is, right? Like, like I mean, we didn't, we didn't eat any fried chicken, like we're about to take off, but just, he's just willing to do the work, knowing that he was a rookie, whatever task that they told him he had to do. Um, I don't know if it was some type of a hazing or whatever, but <laughs> and I'm willing to be and help out, whether it's bring chicken on the plane or, or, you know, kind of throwing the winning touchdown, it didn't matter. And that's, like I said, that's just a great example of what the kind of guy he is, how grounded he is. He is who he is and willing to do whatever it, it takes uh, for this organization. I've also loved to see his personality come out a little bit more this season as well. We'll see it in this interview if you watch or listen. It's been fun to get to know him more as a person and, and the fun side of him because that's how his teammates explain him as, is this really funny guy. And, and we get to see it in little pieces and parts this season. I think that's also been one of my favorite things. But that segment was sponsored by St. Bonaventure. This week's game sponsor is also St. Bonaventure, an official education partner of the Buffalo Bills to learn more, visit sbu.edu. Bills Pod Squad is presented by the New York Lottery. The new seasonal scratch-off games from the New York Lottery are here with prizes up to $500,000. They're the perfect gift. Head to your nearest retailer and gift one today. You must be 18 years or older to purchase a lottery ticket. Please gift responsibly. All right, we're not going to you, make you wait any longer. Here's our interview with Josh Allen. Josh, we appreciate having you on with us. Uh, we know you're busy in week 15 preparing to close out the regular season with the game against the Broncos coming up on Saturday afternoon. We know your schedule has been quite different the last few weeks with Monday night, Sunday night, Saturday afternoon games. But hey, that just means the Bills are doing a great job. So we love to see that. But we just wanted to get you on here and, and talk some shop with you, talk about your season, talk about um, being in Buffalo since you've been here the last three seasons, how things have changed. But we're going to start off with, with a question that you probably haven't answered this year, maybe, and it's not even about football. So we know you love The Office. We know you love funny movies. And I'm thinking, you know, quarterback has a great memory. You have like 50 different handshakes with players. You can remember a playbook. I also have heard that you can remember movie quotes like no other. So would you like to spout off some of your favorite movie quotes uh, or maybe some of your favorite movies? Just put you on the spot here to start it off. Yeah, well, the movie quotes, they just kind of happen organically within conversations and my mind, I don't know why, it thinks in movies, it thinks in vines, and it thinks of, in, in gifs. So every time I'm having a conversation, if there's a key trigger word that pops up in my head, there's like a legit filing cabinet of different video quotes that I can bring up in that situation. Um, I mean, I quote movies like The Other Guys, Step Brothers, uh, Anchorman, um, I mean, Shooter. I mean, you can go, it goes into to a bunch of different types of genres, but um, a lot of the Will Ferrell comedy movies is what I can quote really at the top of my head. 
and with no skipping, with no errors, like it is engraved in my mind forever. And I don't know why. It's not like I continuously watch these movies over and over. It's just I watch them one or two times and it just sticks. And I don't know. I think it's the funniest thing. It sounds like uh, that comedy is, is, the, is the type of movies that you like. Like, so what's your like top funniest movie? So, okay. So my top, my top funniest movie is probably, it's a little raunchy. It's either This is the End or The Interview. And I'm a big James Frank. So Seth Rogen and James Frank are both in those two movies. Um, and they get along really well on screen. They're, they're really funny movies. They're probably not the greatest movies to watch, but um, <laughs> I mean, I can sit back and watch those and laugh all day. That's all right, Josh. My favorite type of movie is martial arts. So the really violent ones, like the, I love <laughs> every, every martial arts movie ever. I am such a huge fan of, so I know it just, it seems weird, but, um, well, I am. Well, you you got to give me a list to watch. Yeah, if you uh, need any okay. gory movies I, or shows on Netflix, Kim has got you, because that's what she does late at night. She binges shows on Netflix. Yeah, it's not, I, yeah, it really interrupts my, my uh, sleep, but, yeah, there's some really good ones. I'll have to let you, let you know, but, I mean, the, the bigger the fight scenes, the, the better. I just that's I awesome. wish I could, like, kick some butt out there, but. I, I got nothing, so I just watch it. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have any favorite lines from Step Brothers? Because I'm a huge Step Brothers fan, fan too, and I can think of one that is inappropriate, but I will bleep out the word that I love from that movie. It's the scene where they're in their bedroom and they have the two beds, and I think they're sleeping or something, and one of them can't go to bed, and I can't remember if it's Will Ferrell who says it, but he's like, I'm going to stuff this pillow full of bars, bars of, soap. of soap and beat the out of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I hope you don't move because I'm gonna put a rat trap between your legs. Um, I think my favorite like underrated part in Step Brothers is when they build the bunk beds oh my and gosh. Dr. Doback is saying no power tools and Dale says, oh, it's my toothbrush. That is not your toothbrush. Oh, we're almost done anyways. That's, that's one of the quotes that comes up often. And then the, obviously the bed, the beds break and he falls on the, uh, on uh, Brennan and Dale runs in. He's like, Robert, Nancy, why'd you let us do that? It was such a terrible idea. Blood everywhere. Yeah, that, that's. What, I what's mean, what's the Will Ferrell movie with where he's like the soccer coach and Mike Dickens in it? Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of my my kids' favorite. I've heard it so many times. I think uh, yeah, that's I like the juice box uh, when he starts yelling at the juice box kids. So um, yeah, he is he is so. We need to get him on, Maddie. We need to get him on our podcast if I mean, you get him on and i am not on that call as well i'm going right. to throw a fit i was right. gonna say maybe josh has a little bit of pull where he could uh get him on with us i don't i don't know if i have any pull kim you know you you two on the call have the pull right. if anybody could do it, it he's a usc alum so it's going to be matt barkley okay Ooh, got it this is true. so thinking i'm thinking well, you, I, obviously, you're also a fan of The Office, as Maddie said before, but I bet you didn't know this fun fact about The Office, that it is based in Scranton, Pennsylvania, correct? Mm -hmm. That is where Terry is from, believe it or I not. I didn't know that. So he's actually, because no one's heard of Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's not like, you know, it's not the hottest uh, place uh, in the, our country right now, but it actually, and I think our, the new president is from Scranton, Pennsylvania, isn't it? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, is, so is Terry. That's where he, that's the area that he's from, believe it or not. So, wow. yeah. 
who knew the connection was there? Hitting That's awesome. some fun facts and some movie quotes to start off this interview. Josh, you've been asked, and Stefan Diggs has been asked so much about you. Uh, you've been asked about Stefan Diggs so much and just the relationship between you two. But I want to ask you, we know Stefan Diggs has added a lot on the field and in the locker room. But what has he added to your life? Has he made you a funnier person? Has he helped you step up your fashion game? We all know he loves his clothes. He loves his uh, sweatshirts, he told us. Uh, how has Stefan Diggs added to your life outside of football? I mean, he's definitely had a lot of joy. Um, I think that's the first thing he's added. Just being around him, he's got an infectious personality. I mean, he's just always happy, um, great energy, you know, always joking around and trying to make people laugh. So uh, the joy is, you know, that's number one. I think my, my swag has gone up just a little bit. Um, being around him, obviously we were doing this kind of like series early on in the year. I'd take a picture in one of his hats or put his watch on or something and victory Monday posts. And I know the fans like that, but we haven't done that in a while. Um, but I think my swag has gone up just kind of seeing the fits that he wears and um, getting some ideas for myself. He owes me a hoodie. So if you see him anytime soon, just remind him that he promised me a hoodie. I haven't gotten it yet, but. Okay. Well, it will be done. <laughs> well, well, I am sure that you are also getting a lot of outside conversations, you know, um, with the big primetime games that we've had this year. We still have one left. Um, who's been you kind of your, the, the, the biggest kind of person that connected with you to say, you know, congrats or someone that, you know, maybe not as big as Will Ferrell, but maybe close. <sighs> Let me think. Um, Rain Wilson from the office, Dwight Schrute, okay. he reached out and, or he didn't reach out, but he tweeted about me and that was a really cool moment for me. Um, the Lonely Island, who's like Andy Samberg and his group, they tweeted or Instagram me and Dawson, our celebration after a touchdown. That was really cool. Um, let's see. I, I mean, there's not been too many people. I know Pey Peyton will, Peyton Manning will reach out every once in a while and, um, his father as well, Archie, which, you know, I really appreciate them reaching out. I met them back at the Manning Passing Academy, shoot, four or five years ago now. Um, so that they've been in contact. And then one of the analysts, Chris Mortensen, who's my guy. Yeah, we, we text often and, um, you know, he's a, he's a battler and he's a survivor. So he's, a, he's one of the good ones. Do you, do you prepare differently when it's like a primetime game or Monday night, Sunday night game, any of those games? I know in the past the Bills, we haven't had a ton of them. Um, this season we have a lot of them. Are, do they get any easier? I think the only real difference about it is the schedule, is learning how to make sure your body's not tired at the end of the day. And obviously you're not doing a whole lot during the day, but sometimes that's detrimental to what you're trying to do. If you're just laying around all day and you haven't moved your body in a while, um, it can have negative effects. So just understanding what you need to do to get your blood flow going throughout the day. So when you step on the field at night, um, you're not feeling sluggish and your body's ready to go. So again, I think with the more times that we do it, uh, you understand your body a little better every time. And, um, you know, other than that, it's, it's just another game that we got to go out there and try to execute. 
Josh, Kim has talked about on this podcast before, uh, just her first time meeting you, the dinner that you guys had together, and she talked about the crazy travel experience that you had to get to that meeting. Could you share it just from your eyes? I can't imagine being someone who's who wants to be in the NFL and, and meeting with head coaches and owners, and you're trying to be on like your tip top shape, like the best of you is trying to come out and you have these travel problems and get to this dinner late. But I just want to hear it from, from your perspective because you still blew them away at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I think I was connecting through Atlanta and my first plane had been delayed and my second plane had it. So um, I was literally on the plane. I was trying to get the Wi-Fi. I was texting my agent like, Hey, like I'm, I'm about to miss my plane. I'm about to miss my plane. Somehow, some way, they had contacts at the airport in Atlanta. And right as you enter the or exit the plane, I went down into the tarmac and they had a car waiting for me. They drove me all the way across. They got me on a different plane and I got to Denver. My buddy picked me up. We were speeding to get there. He got pulled over. The cop, <laughs> the cop had looked in and it was like, what are you doing back here? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm meeting with teams. And he's like, okay, just slow down a little bit, get on your way. So um, then we got there. I got there super late, probably past nine o'clock at the Calvaryman, which was one of the staples in Laramie. And uh, we had a really good dinner and you know, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Yeah. I mean, I think it was way past nine o'clock though. They, they were, they were closing the doors. They, they were yeah. nice to uh, keep the doors open for us until uh, you showed up, but you, you showed up like, like no big problem, you know, just kind of had your swagger going on already back then and just came in and just sat down and uh, it was great dinner, girl. You didn't have dinner, but a uh, great conversation even after kind of all the, all the stuff that you had to deal with to get there. Yeah, you nervous? that's right. I was nervous, absolutely. You know, it was very nerve wracking to walk in and, uh, you know, see everybody that, you know, obviously the owners of the team, the, the GM, the assistant GM, the head coach, the quarterback coach, and the offensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, just to walk into a room by yourself, to have all those people kind of eyes on you, ready to ask you questions, and really try to deep dive, or dive deep into to find out who you really are. So uh, I just try to be the best version of myself I could be that night. Well, I remember one of my, my favorite memories is that I think you, you had a pickup truck, correct? Yeah, yep. Okay. And there was a dent in the side of Josh's truck. And Terry uh -oh. asked him about it. And he said it was like happened at a McDonald's drive-thru or something yeah. like that. Terry did but it, not wasn't, it wasn't me driving. Yeah. It was not yeah. me Terry driving. Did not Terry did not believe you, though. He's like, Terry's that. like, Kim, I don't know about this guy. McDonald's drive-thru. Like, <laughs> he was like, I think, you know, could he come up with a better excuse than that? He did not believe you. He uh, figured, you know, you're a college kid. And, you know, there was a, a bigger story behind that than McDonald's. I wish there was. I wish it wasn't McDonald's, uh, but that was my roommate, Milo Hall, who I love. It's one of my good buddies. Um, I let him take my truck one day, and I think that was the last time I let him take my truck. <laughs> Terry notices the weirdest things sometimes. <laughs> hey, that's, I mean, that's, that's why he is who he is, though. Yeah. Thinking you know back to that moment and just where you're at now, is it crazy to think how, how much you've grown, how much you've matured, how far you've come since that dinner in Laramie, Wyoming. And Stefan Diggs said something a couple weeks ago about being able to reflect after his final season with the Vikings and, and coming to Buffalo and how much reflecting also helped him uh, shape himself for a new season, a new outlook, a new mindset. 
Do you reflect on, on seasons like that? Do you reflect on, on your last three years and just the person that you've become since getting into the NFL and being drafted by Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do. I think as a football player, um, the knowledge, um, the different situations that I've been put in into games, obviously that's increased and my maturation process on the field um, has been, you know, it's part of my journey and it's been, it's been fun. It's been good. And it's been hard, but I wouldn't want it any other way. As far as the person I am, I feel like I've, I haven't changed much. You know, I, I still love this game. I enjoy this game. And I feel like a little kid uh, when I'm in the building and when I'm playing this game, I mean, I, I don't think I'm, I, I'm going to never try to change who I am. You know, I, I have a lot of fun in life and, um, you know, I make jokes all the time and I quote movies all the time and that's something that'll never change. But as far as the football aspect, yeah, I've come a long way and it's, it's been a fun ride and I know we got a long way to go still. Gosh, um, I, you know, a lot has been said about the team around you. You were in a draft class that had a lot of quarterbacks picked, um, you know, just maybe talk about, you know, the support team you have, uh, you know, around you and, you know, coach Dable, of course, you know, coach McDermott, um, your, you know, Ken Dorsey, like how have they shaped you into kind of the player that you've really matured into this year? Yeah, me and, me and Dave's, uh, the relationship that we have, you know, I think a quarterback OC relationship is very instrumental in how your offense is going to run. Um, if your OC is able to listen to what you have to say, to use your input and put plays in or take plays out, depending on how you feel about them, um, I think that's that's a huge key in the success of an offense. Off the field, I mean, we, we talk all the time. Um, you know, we, we share and we love uh, our cigars. You know, we smoke cigars sometimes together. And um, he's just a great dude to talk to. He's obviously been around the ringer and he's got a bunch of stories and um, he's a Buffalo kid. So he's been able to kind of share some stories, you know, about the city to me, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have known. Bringing in Ken Dorsey last year has been a huge help to me. You know, the winningest quarterback in college history, 38-2 and two at the U. Um, you know, we give, him, we give him stuff for that all the time, that he should have been 39-1 and one or 40-0, and but 38-2 and two is pretty dang good. So um, just the, the, the way that he sees the game, you know, through the eyes of a quarterback, having that relationship with him, too, has been awesome. The way that he is able to communicate with the guys in the quarterback room, um, he's got a bright future, a bright coaching future, you know, and I'm super excited and um, – you know, obviously anxious to see where, where that goes with him because he's one of the good ones too. And then obviously Coach McDermott, we know about him, playoff caliber, what he's been able to do here in the last few years, um, you know, leading the team to the playoffs and in the drought and kind of developing this type of situation here in Buffalo where our standard really has changed. And it's been fun to kind of learn from him and grow alongside with him and have his faith and have his trust. Um, you know, from obviously being here the first day, you know, the relationship that we've had has, has come a long way too. So, you know, I, I couldn't have asked for a better situation. Again, that's thanks to, to you and uh, Terry for putting the pieces around here and developing such a great foundation for this organization for a long time to come. 
Josh, it sounds like there's so many great leaders around you with the way you talk about Brian Dayball, Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, the Pagulas. You yourself are also such a great leader, and, and so many of your teammates talk about it. Your coaching staff talks about it time and time again. How did you get those leadership qualities? I know it's something you need in a quarterback, but every quarterback is a little bit different in the way you lead, and I think you do such a great job of bringing people together and really showing the love that you have for other people. And it shows out in the way that you talk in interviews and in videos that I see. Where did you get that from? Does that come from your mom and dad? Does that come from being raised in Fireball? Does it come from your humble beginnings and playing at Wyoming? Where'd you get that? Yeah, I think it's a, a, an accumulation of all the things that you just said. Obviously my parents, um, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I had the best family in the world growing up and the relationships that I have with my siblings is, you know, unbreakable and um, seeing how hard my dad worked each and every day to provide for his family. And that's something I'll never forget. And the things that he said to me growing up when we were driving to St. Joseph's, our, you know, K through eight um, school, you know, just the things he would tell me. I mean, I'd literally be sitting in the passenger seat. He'd be interviewing me like I just, you know, won the Super Bowl and um, something, you know, I, I, will cherish forever. Just the way that he raised me and was able to, to show me how to be, um, you know, a real man and um, how to be the leader of men, you know, and as I progressed throughout high school and throughout college, learning different qualities about myself, developing relationships with other people from different types of background and gaining knowledge of really how to handle people. And um, again, it's, it's not easy for everybody to, to be put in a situation like this, but again, being a quarterback in an NFL team is the only thing I've ever wanted to be. So, um, it was, it's just, I don't know if it comes naturally to me and I, I feel like it does. I just want to go out there and be the best version of me, the best quarterback that I could be for this team and, um, show the guys how much I love them through my play. And, and I can attest to how much your family means to you and how much you mean to your family, your parents, you know, coming from California to Buffalo, not an easy flight. Um, a lot of, uh, especially they come to the away games as well. Mm -hmm. And I know there's been a lot of times where they've been scrambling, um, you know, from airport to get here to make it in time uh, to see you play. And they are certainly always there uh, when we're on the road, when we're at home. You know, it's tough that this year they, that they can't come to uh, any of the games. But um, to have a, a support system like that, um, you know, they are so committed to you and to Buffalo. And I'm sure that it was a little bit weird having to go to Buffalo when you got drafted, not knowing kind of really what uh, our community was about, but you've certainly really fit in really well. And you can see how that connection with your family and the connection that you have with our community, um, it's just been seamless. Well, yeah, thank you. And I, I feel the same same way about it. And um, yeah, my family, they've, they've been missing not coming to the games and not being able to come to Buffalo, but they did make it out to the Miami game and made it out to the Arizona game. Um, so they, every chance that they get, you know, they're going to jump at it. And, you know, I, I love them for that. And um, not that's not the reason why I love them, but just <laughs> the fact that they're willing to travel and, and set aside really 17 to 18 weeks out of their their year to to fly to games and to you know just come see me and and, and hang out and show that they support it mean it means the world to me. I know when you were younger, you envisioned yourself being an NFL player, and I don't. It might have looked similar. It might have looked different to how it looks right now, but. In three seasons, Josh, you've, you've met a lot of franchise record, records. You've passed a lot, most recently passing Jim Kelly's uh, single-season total touchdown record. Now you're at 35 uh, with 
three games to go in the regular season, a lot more to come for you. But as you were a young kid versus where you're at now in your NFL career, is it similar to what you expected? Is, is it different? No, I definitely think it's very similar to how I thought I would feel, how I thought it would be. Um, you know, there was, uh, you know, as a kid, I, I grew up being a 49ers fan and I always envisioned myself in a Niners jersey. But uh, now that I'm, I'm here, I mean, I, I can't imagine myself in any other, you know, any other jersey but the red, white, and blue here in Buffalo. And just comparisons from Laramie to Buffalo and from Fireball to Buffalo, similar, different, completely different places. Um, is, is the blue collar work ethic of Buffalo similar to the places that you came from? I wouldn't say it's the exact same, but it's, it's dang near close. Um, the fact that, I mean, it, it, it feels like a family type environment here in Buffalo and everywhere you go, it seems like you know people. Um, Actually, there's not not a whole lot of people. And again, that's kind of how I was born and raised in a small town. Then I went to Reedley, which is a step above, and then Laramie, which was a step above Reedley. And as I have gone through my career, um, you know, the only thing that's really stayed the same is the type of environment that I've been around. And I think that's been huge to my success. Um, you know, just knowing that the type of people I'm surrounded by that care about, you know, what I'm doing and care about what this organization is doing, it's, it's been awesome. And again, I, I mean, whether it be my neighbors or just going out to eat and seeing people, and obviously it's been a while since we've been able to do that with coronavirus, but um, just the love that people share for this game, um, it, it's, it's awesome because it matches my love for the game. Now we've had, um, like you talked about the, these primetime games where you've had to adjust your schedule. So, but just tell us like, so, what do you do in your off time? So when you, whether it's preparing uh, for the game or in the off season, like, you know, tell us a little bit more besides movies, we, which we know you're watching. Uh, what else do you like to do? Is it golf? Do you like to, you know, I don't know, yeah. go to the beach? Well, in California, obviously the beach is a, it's very big. Obviously we're obviously always throwing and, and hanging out with some of the other quarterbacks down there, but golfing is huge. Uh, it's one of my favorite pastimes. I mean, it is. You good? I'm okay. I, I'm, get, I'm getting better. I will okay. say that. It's something I love to do. It's always a mentally, you know, challenging game against yourself. And that's, you know, I love competing and who better to compete uh, with than yourself. So um, video games is also high on my list. I know it's not the, the greatest exercise, but it allows me to calm down and let my body rest while my mind is still working. Um, and then other than that, like I said, I'll smoke a cigar here or there and, and drink some wine and that's it. So who would you say is a bigger competitor on the team who hates to lose uh, that, you know, you can probably compete with, that you just, you guys go at it. Like who, who hates to lose more than you on the team? Brian Dable. Really? 1,000. Okay. Yes. He, okay. he, he, he tells us stories about, you know, um, bets that he makes with coaches and stuff like that. And it's not like, money or this and that it's like I bet you I can make it to that wall faster than you can 100 bucks and it's just like somehow he either does it or he will double or nothing he will triple or nothing until he gets what he wants and uh he is an extremely competitive dude and I think that's why we match so well together because of our um high competitive energy yeah you, you remind me that he did tell me a story about how he bet that whoever could win uh whoever could lose 100 pounds 
first and he won mm -hmm. basically starving himself to death and drinking water but he was like i was gonna win yeah so i i totally get that yeah Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? After this, uh, we should all go to the driving range and you can teach uh, Kim and I how to swing a golf club. I'm, I'm not the best at it. I'm trying to get better. But after COVID, I'd love to see, see what you got, see what you can teach Kim and us. Oh, I, would I, am a, I would say though, I am a really, you know, really tough competitor, but I, my skill set in golf is pretty bad. So, so what, what are your favorite hobbies? Mine? Oh, um, cooking, baking. <laughs> I, should I do see all your tweets like on game days of your food. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I just know. I just I just bake and bake and watch movies. So that's basically my downtime. So yeah, yeah. I, I, got, so Josh, I got nothing else. Josh can teach us how to golf and Kim, you can teach Josh how to cook some cookies. Right. I think that'd be Love perfect. That. Josh, thanks for being on with us. We appreciate the time. We know you got to get going. We know you got a lot on your plate. So thanks for coming on the podcast. It was great to talk to you. Thanks, Thank Josh. you, guys. Good, good yeah. luck next week. Thank you. Bam. The Buffalo Bills are proud to partner with National Grid in promoting the Safety First initiative, where every time a Bills safety makes a tackle at home, National Grid will donate $50 to the 100 Club of Buffalo in support of first responders and their families. National Grid reminds you to put safety first in your home with this easy tip. If you come across a down power line, please keep everyone away and report it immediately to your power company. So Kim, the Bills have another not so much of a Sunday 1 p.m. kick this week. It's a Saturday afternoon game. They're heading to Denver to play the Broncos. And in this game, of course, you're searching for a win, but there's some implications here with this win. If they win the game on Saturday, they'll also win the AFC East for the first time since 1995 and clinch a spot in the playoffs. It's official that the Patriots are not going to win the division for the first time since 2008. It's down to the Bills and the Dolphins. Is it crazy to think how much times have changed, Kim, since you've gotten here in 2014 and that we're uttering the phrase winning the AFC East for the first time since 1995 with just one more win? Yeah, you know, it, it is so much fun. You can just you know, I, I, you know, we're not going out a lot, but whether I'm getting text messages from, from people, especially those national games where you're getting so much exposure and I'm hearing from people I haven't heard from in a long time. Um, and just seeing, you know, talking to staff and just people, even if you're on the grocery store, just the excitement around feeling really good and proud about where our team is and how it's being represented on such a national stage. Um, you know, this is my, my oldest daughter was born in 94. So um, it, it certainly has been a long time um, that fans have been really waiting for. And, um, you know, I'm just going to try to enjoy every minute of it um, because, you know, listen, um, I, I don't want to wait, you know, that long again. Um, and I don't think that, that we're going to have to, um, but just a lot of excitement and it is, it's in, infectious. It, it really is. And uh, talk about joy. Um, this is what the team is giving our communities. Just so much joy in watching them play um, on the big stage. I think a lot of people have friends, random people, family members, maybe coming out of the woodworks to contact Bills fans to say, oh, this, yeah, this team, they're good. They're really good. They're 10 and three good. They're, they're actually for real in, in, 
which we have trying, been trying to tell people that that's been the case for the last couple of seasons here in Buffalo. But Josh shared someone who reached out to him uh, via tweet that's a little bit more famous. Has there been anybody that's been different that has reached out to you this season that normally doesn't? Or has it just been, you know, other owners reaching out to you saying, Kim, what's the secret sauce to winning and, and to winning the division? Well, yeah, no, no, they're, they're not asking me that because they know I would never tell. Um, but you know what? I think it, it's more about like uh, people that knew us, you know, before we bought the team. Um, some people that, you know, we've kind of maybe been out of contact with that, you know, don't live people from childhood and things like that. So it's always um, like fun to reconnect with them. And I always hear from them, like you said, you know, when we clinched the playoffs that first year, uh, we, you know, I, I had like a hundred text messages and then with these national games, I will say though that I, you know, maybe I'm probably biased, but I feel like the Bills are a team that even if you're a, a even if you're a fan of, of another team and they're your number one team, you're still kind of always rooting for the Bills to do well. And I feel like we have this great likability and um, that, you know, fans across the country are rooting for us to succeed. Um, so despite, like I said, being a fan of, of another team, um, I always get that feeling. And I get so many people that I cross paths with that say the same things like, listen, I'm a fan of whatever, but like, I'm really rooting for you. I love to see you guys um, doing so well. So that's always nice to see. I think it just represents who we are as a fan base and uh, who we are as a community so well. I definitely agree. It's easy to cheer for the Bills if you're a fan of other teams. That was the case for me when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016. I grew up a Cubs fan. And the, the amount of people who are also cheering with me uh, even people who are the fan of Chicago White Sox wanted to see the Cubs win. So it's always fun to be a part of a team where you have also a lot of other people coming together to cheer for that team because they want to see success. But with success, Kim, you've got to manage those expectations. You can't get too ahead of yourself. And we've heard Coach McDermott and the coordinators and the players talk about a lot this week that you know, we're just trying to go 1-0 this week. We know there's implications. We know there's a lot of noise surrounding this team, but we have to stay focused. We have to kind of stay in our bubble here at One Bills Drive and not worry about what the outside is saying. So from an owner's perspective, how do you kind of just stay in line, not get too ahead of yourself? Because this franchise is on the cusp of some really great things this year. Yeah, I honestly, like, I try not to listen to the outside. <laughs> I, I, I do. I try to stay focused and I talk about, you know, I just get so anxious every game and, um, and you know, the more success you have, I, I think I said this to the guys right before the game. I'm like, my gosh, these, these night games are really stressing me out. And they're like, well, that means that, you know, you're a good team and you deserve these national games. So get used to it. And um, which, you know, I'm going to take their advice, but you're right that expectation. And that's what, you know, that's why we extended Brandon Bean, why we extended Coach McDermott, because they truly, the experience and the knowledge, listen, Coach McDermott has, has played in a Super Bowl. He's had um, winning seasons. And so he knows and understands uh, what needs to be done and how to get our players to be focused. Um, I also think that, you know, the playoff game last year, um, I think, you know, even if it was just one game, um, I think that kind of, even especially for Josh Allen, it just adds a little bit of maturity going into this season. Um, and so the, the ups and downs and the highs aren't quite so, you know, at a peak and valleys 
they're a little bit more even killed. And um, I think Josh knows feeling that loss from last season, last playoff in, in, um, at the Texans, that you know he knows what he needs to, uh, to be done and certainly managing that expectations. He know how, knows how important that really is because you know, no one wants to feel like that again. Um, I'm sure what he felt like last year and he wants to take that learning into this season as well. Yeah, and one thing I think that's going to help this team also down the stretch is this is the familiarity that they have with each other. And you and, and Sean and Brandon have made it a point to draft, develop, and re-sign. They want these players um, who add to this team, to this culture. You guys want them to be here for the long term. And I think when you get into the playoffs, having that familiarity with each other is really going to help. And of course it starts with the Saturday game against the Denver Broncos. They haven't had the best record in the NFL. They're five and eight, but it's easy to fall into a trap game. It's, it's easy to have your sights set on a couple games ahead and, and not play the best in a game where you really need to focus on here. So it'll be a good game regardless of what the score is. It's an important game coming up here Saturday. It, it gets us one game closer to the goal that we all have and the goal that the Bills have set for this season. And the first part of that is, is winning the AFC East, and, and they can do that on Saturday. I, I totally agree. I will be there. I'm going to travel with the team, and so I will be there. Uh, mile high and just cheering on the team and I know all the fans back home uh, will be as well and I, I know I heard some chatter like you know I don't know what are fans going to do you know if we do clinch you know the um, the top spot in our division like how how are fans going to celebrate like at home I don't know if they're going to you know we saw when we clinched the playoffs you know some great videos of our fans just celebrating that playoff um, you know the, the drought ending that year um, just wondering now in this pandemic world that we're living in is how fans are going to celebrate this. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they have planned um, via, you know, uh, videos and social media. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true for our, for our listeners and our people watching. You guys better cook up some great stuff because <laughs> yeah. Kim and I are anticipating what we'll see. I'm sure there's going to be a lot on social if we do win this game but one game at a time I believe they can That's do right. it Kim you predicted a win over the 49ers over the Steelers are you going to do it again I am I, I'm I'm definitely going to predict predict the Bills with a W here um, you know like I said this is a team we don't play that often uh, in Denver and this is going to be a team that uh, you know it's not a home game but you know these days you know, home advantage is not what it used to be. Um, and I think that, you know, we've kind of pulled two types of different games out, but two games, um, certainly um, more than that, but the last two games, um, the confidence and like you said, you can just kind of see things, even when things aren't going exactly the way you want it, um, you have the confidence that this team knows what they need to do and that, you know, um, not to worry that it's a full game. So I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try not, <laughs> Not to be anxious, I'm going to try to enjoy the game. Um, we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to again, continuing down this path and uh, excited to see what, what the outcome will be on Saturday. A couple weeks left in the regular season. We appreciate everyone who's been listening and watching this podcast. It's been an awesome season so far. We still have a couple weeks in store, taking it into the playoffs as well. But Kim, thank you as always for being on as a guest and, and for Josh Allen, who's also on with us as a guest, uh, a great person to talk to and some great people to come. 
All right. Thank you, Maddie. See you we'll next catch week. you guys next week. See you next week.